0: You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glenis Langley. Enjoy. Well hello dear friends and thank you so much for joining us and we trust today's word will bless your heart and will revive your soul and that you will grow stronger and stronger in the goodness of the Lord. Glory to God.
1: Amen. And our lesson for today is finding God's plan for our lives. Finding God's plan for our lives. And the scripture portion is coming from Acts 22 and verse 10. It says, So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you'll be told all things which are appointed for you to do. So this study is based upon the question that was asked by Saul of Tarsus at the very moment of his new birth. And the question was, what shall I do, Lord? Did Saul's conversion just happen? Was it by chance that he was suddenly converted on the Damascus road? Or was it according to a divine plan and purpose because Acts chapter 9 verse 15 says but the Lord said to him go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before gentiles kings and the children of Israel so God had a plan for Saul's life and he had a plan for my life and a plan for your life so the question you may be asking is how do i know that God has a plan for my life. What do I need to do in order to find the answer to that plan?
0: So let's look at this. The Lord has a definite plan and purpose for the life of every one of His children. But I want you to get this because this is really, really important that the Lord has a definite plan and purpose for the life of every one of his children. For every one of us, God has a plan for us and his plan for me might not be his plan for you and his plan for you might not be his plan for another brother or another sister. Now, there are three strong reasons for believing this truth. Three strong reasons for believing this truth that I just mentioned to you. Number one, it is reasonable to expect it. God is a God of order and method. And you need to keep that in mind to know the truth that God is a God of order. In his word, he says that everything that we do should be done decently and in order. If we are building a house or designing a dress, we work according to a Plan, You know, I would not have anybody build me a house not having a plan to follow. I would not have my state to build a highway not having a plan to follow or a pattern to go by. God does the same. He works with a plan. He has a plan for your life. He said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. And they are thoughts to prosper you and to bless you and to strengthen you that will do you Good glory to our God.
1: So we are talking about God has a definite plan for his children. My husband just said it is reasonable to expect it. And the next thing we look at is it is according to experience. Think of Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 10. It says by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. So here we see Abraham was called by God to go to a place he did not know. He had to leave everything Think about it. If God told you right now to leave your house, your family, everything and go somewhere where you don't know, will you go? But Abraham was a man of faith. He believed God and he left everything and he went because God had a specific plan for him, but he did not know it. But later on, we'll see that he found out what God's plan was for his life. We also think about Moses. In Hebrews eleven twenty four to 27 says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So we know the story of Moses. If you do not know, Moses, when he was born, Pharaoh decided to kill all the male babies. But one day, Moses' mother, she decided to make him a basket and put him on the river Nile. And one day, Pharaoh's daughter came by, heard the child crying, and she was able to raise The enemy's child, which was Moses, she gave him the name Moses and Moses grew up to be a child of God. Moses was a leader of the people of God. I just read that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but he preferred to be with God's people. He desired to endure hardship because why? God had a plan for his life.
0: Amen and amen. Now remember, let's just recap a little bit. We are talking about that the Lord has a definite plan and purpose for the life of every one of his children. We told you that this plan and this purpose that God has, it is reasonable to expect. It's not error to do that. It's a good thing to expect. It is according to experience. Now let's continue. God's word teaches God's word tells us about it. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And by the way, Ephesians 2 is one of my favorite chapters. But in verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. You are not an error. You are not a mistake. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works and that you should walk in it according to the scriptures. Psalm 27 and verse 11 tells us, watch this, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. So the psalmist is asking God to teach him God's way. Teach me your way, O Lord. Because something about my way and your way that seemingly always go the opposite way, always go the wrong direction. But when God is leading you, when God is directing your path, that's why we are told in the scripture that we must acknowledge God in everything that we do and God will direct our path. So the psalmist in his prayer said, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path. Because when God is leading, he can lead you in a smooth path because of by enemies, the psalmist says. In James chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, watch this now. Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and without reproach. And guess what, man? The scripture says, and it will be given to him. So the promises of God are yea and they are amen they are sure, my friends. The promises of God are true. They are right. They are amen. Now, notice the following three characteristics of God's plan for our life. I said, notice the following three characteristics of God's plan for our lives. Number one, watch this. It. it is a personal plan. God's plan for your life is a personal thing. Notice the personal plan pronoun in this text, you and me in Acts 9 and verse 4. Let me read that to you. Acts 9 and verse 4 says, Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, that's personal. Why are you persecuting me? This plan is a personal plan for you. God knows you by He knows me and He knows you by name because. The very hairs of our head are all numbered and God knows how many strands of hair that's on my head and on your head. And even when you have your wig on, he still can tell you how many strands of hair that is there because he is God. And beside him, guess what, man? There is none other. There is no one else in the world like you. And therefore, God's plan for you is unique and personal, just for you. It's prepared just for you. If God wants you to be a, a missionary and he wants me to be just a cleaner of the church, then that's his plan for my life. I've got to accept it as God's plan for my life and I've got to fulfill it. I've got to make full proof of that ministry because that's what God has in store for me. He has a purpose to fulfill in and with your Life which cannot be fulfilled in and with the life of any other person. No, it cannot happen. It has to be done in our lives. That's what God has for you because it is a personal plan.
1: Amen. It is also a perfect plan. Let's look at Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we are told that the will of God, or God's plan and purpose in the life of his children, is his good, pleasing and perfect will. But before that can happen, you said that you must be transformed. Your mind must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You cannot be conformed to this world and still expect God's plan to be perfect in your life. No, you got to change your ways. You got to present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto Amen.
0: Amen. And that is so true what my wife just said, because, you know, in our day and time. We seemingly have the tendency that we do want to hold on to God, but we still want to hold on to the world in another hand. And it creates conflict because it's not balancing and you have God in one hand, you have the world in one hand. And that's where we have to make that choice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, man. No, but be change, be transformed, and you do that by the renewing of your mind. So we said that it is a personal plan. It is a perfect plan, but it is also a practical plan. It is a practical plan. It is workable and it is thoroughly related to everyday living and service. The plan of God is not just for Sunday morning now. The plan of God in my life and in your life is for every moment of every day. In our lives, in our service, in our walk, in our talk, in our behavior, that's the plan of God fulfilling in our lives. It is not a plan which only sounds good, pleasing and perfect. No, it does not only sound good, but it is a plan that works very well in the life of the child of God. It proves to be so inexperienced. The more we do it is the better it will become to all of us. The plan of God working in our life. Glory to God.
1: Amen. So the next thing we'll notice is that the most important thing in life, therefore, is to discover God's plan and purpose for our life. This is obvious, but it is sadly true that some Christians fail to discover God's plan and purpose for their life. And in consequence, their whole life is filled with disappointment and defeat, frustration and failure. If you're seeking God's plan for your life, you will encounter some trials, but you must not let that deter you. When we're seeking God's plan for our life, then it seems worthwhile And it's not of ourselves. We are doing it for the glory and for the honor of God. And every unconverted person is living a self-planned life. Saul, we know a lot about Saul. He was one who persecuted the children of God. But Saul was on his way to Damascus. In Acts chapter 9, verse 5, it says, And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the prick. So Saul was doing his own thing until he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus. You I sometimes make wrong decision, but thank God for grace. There is nothing greater or more comforting to know. We are in the center of God's will and every one of us can know just that when we are doing the right thing, seeking after Him, then we are in the center of His will.
0: Amen and amen. So, we are talking about the most important thing in life, therefore, is to discover God's plan and purpose for our lives. And that really is important. When To know the will of God, to know the plan that God has for your life and to pursue that plan. I see too many people who are trying to think we can outdo God or outsmart God by having our own plan. And our own plans never work. Our own plans never work. It has to be the plan of God. Everything that we do has to be in accordance with the will of God. Now, so how do we do that? We enter God's plan when we accept and acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Let me say that one more time. I say we enter God's plan when we accept and we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Oh, what a joy, what a joy, what a joy it is when you accept Christ as your Lord and the master of your life. and There is joy that comes to your heart and to your soul to know that he has forgiven your sins and you are on your way to glory. That's enough to make you sing and shout and to make us dance about. Now Saul entered the plan of God when he watched this, when he submitted to what the Lord told him to do. When he submitted to what the Lord told him to do, and it is so important for us to always, always depend on what God is telling us to do in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9 and verse, I think it's verse 6, he says, So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me? To do. It's not what uh, somebody in church wants you to do, but it's what the Lord wants you to do. Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. you, you following God's command and following God's instructions. If I tell you, man, if all of us would really learn what it is to follow God's plan and follow God's instructions for our lives. men. listen, our lives would be far better than it is today. So we have to submit to the will and the ways of God. This is not to say that God was not interested in Saul and watching over him prior to his conversion, no. But it is true to say that Saul only really entered into the plan of God when he bowed at the feet of Jesus Christ and accepted him as his savior and as his Lord, not God is watching over you. But when you really submit to the will and the ways and the plan and the mind of God, then God shows you the way that he would have you to go. Glory be to God today.
1: Amen. I trust you are blessed by today's word. And if you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to do so because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. The Bible says, today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Because all we have is right at this very moment. We don't know about the next hour or the next second. So give Jesus a chance in your life. All you have to do is to acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior. Believe that he died and he rose again. And then you must confess him with your mouth. And the Bible says that you will be saved. It's very simple. Just call on him right where you are and he will save you. Praise God. So until then, God be with you.